Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Muslim Experience Podcast. I am your host, Nassim. And today I have Kenzie. She is a revert. And I just want to say hi, Mackenzie. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm doing really good. Inshallah. Um, so do you want to tell our listeners a little about yourself? So um, I have reverted um, since August of 2019. I am a mother and a college student right now. And I found, truly found myself within Islam. And through, through Islam, I feel like I have like found my confidence and found who, I, who I'm supposed to be. Whereas before I was kind of struggling with that factor. MashaAllah. So what made you um, decide to become a Muslim? Well, honestly, it was my son. When he was born, I was looking for something higher, something to um, pray to, something to look for in my day-to-day life. And I started looking into Islam when he was born and started listening to the Quran um, to and from work, any chance I got, and started really understanding the differences between um, culture and religion and the things that were taught in the media um, in America. Um, truthfully, I had to unlearn a lot of things, Absolutely. but it brought me to where I am today. So alhamdulillah for, for yeah. me having an open heart. Mashallah. Um, so do you have a decent support system with family, friends, community? So yes, I, uh, fortunately I have a good support system. I have a good family that has also had to unlearn certain things about Islam. I have some friends that have been through the thick and thin with me. And luckily I have a, a good community that also supports reverts and has a special interest in the revert community. They really try to help us, whether it's through knowledge or financial help. Sometimes we struggle. There's a lot of um, single moms out there, just such as myself, that sometimes need a little help. And I've received some help through the community. And it's been really nice, you know, having people to rely on, especially during this COVID period. Alhamdulillah. It is I know where I live it's you know not a not a big um community and it's a very um quickly turning community there's a lot of people that come but they also leave within like a year or two sometimes three years it's a college town so um there's not much support here but alhamdulillah that you have a great support system I think that makes it easy you know to observe your faith when you're surrounded with a good you know, good community. Um, another question I have for you, I know you touched on it briefly, um, but what was your life like before you took your Shahada? Like, do you, you know what I mean? Like, was it like totally American? You know what I mean? Like when I say like totally American, like. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so before I took Shahada, I was already a little integrated into a 
into the Arab community, I um, was not a Muslim at the time when I was in a relationship with, with a Muslim. Unfortunately, okay. that ended in an abusive um, incident. But while I was learning about Islam, I felt like I was climbing a mountain to the top. And it was really hard climbing this mountain with all these factors in the way. There were factors of like my ex um, kind of feeling intimidated by me learning about the religion, um, making me feel a certain way about wanting to change my ways. But then I also had the other side of things where like my family who were also new to Islam, they didn't know anything about it. All they knew was the person I was in relations with was Muslim and they thought I was trying to be a Muslim because he was making me, which it was really hard and complicated because I felt like in both directions, I was facing conflict because of what I wanted to do. Right. And once I took Shahada and once I really started to practice my faith, Allah tested me and I did get out of the relationship, alhamdulillah. It was uh, unfortunately ended very bad in abuse, but in a way it was a lesson for me to, to not be in that relationship and to safeguard myself and protect myself. And immediately after, it, it was like I was able to fully practice my religion the way I wanted to, the way I was craving to. I felt like when I was, with this person they I felt like they were inhibiting me from being a good Muslim it's like they were okay with me believing but they were not okay with me doing because it was um very uh, they were being hypocrites and within themselves right. and yeah. it was really hard and it caused a lot of conflict but the feeling I had was definitely once I took shahada I felt like I was on top of a mountain and I was able to finally breathe and I was finally able to see alhamdulillah that's amazing it's always really nice when you know you can it's it's like you can almost feel the weight coming off of you you know when you finally found that peace and i think you know for you it's like you found your peace and the freedom you know that I mean, I guess, I guess it's like the him being a born Muslim, he felt like maybe he had like a past and could just, I don't know. Only Allah knows. And to yeah. be honest, I feel like Allah puts, he knows what's in people's hearts. And, you know, he has the ability to make everyone Muslim and everybody exactly the same. And but we have, we, we have free it. will. We have free will and, you know, we can choose anything that we want Fortunately, people choose bad. Right. And he tested it, you with it. And it's so beautiful that you, like, didn't choose the guy. You know what I mean? Like, that is so beautiful that you chose yourself and your faith. Like, I think that is a really, really beautiful thing. Because, I mean, I feel like in, in the American culture, um, we we don't take that time for, you know, what feels good to our soul. It's just what feels good, you know, on the outside. I agree. I feel like we're, we're very much um, superficial in the society at times. And we, we do what feels good 
for our body and for our for our psyche and maybe for our ego but for our soul sometimes we we don't even feed our soul what it means right and we starve our souls and then you know like that's where depression comes in and that opens the door for negativity and all of that I just I, I I'm so I'm so glad and I'm so happy for you and for me also you know that we were fortunate enough to you know have gone through all of these life experiences and we've still chosen our faith you know above all else because it's so easy to fall into the traps of you know everyday American life like America and our culture it makes it so easy to fall into you know the traps that are meant to eat us alive and there's so many people especially in this time of you know covid they just they abandon you know things that are good for their spirit and good for their soul because they're just trying to get through you know like 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 for me like it's like just finding good use of my time you know what i mean like it's 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 so easy to be distracted by everything going on around us like with covid and with the presidential election and now the inauguration and everything that's happened like just in 2020 it's it's been a humongous test and it's really easy for us to just be like I don't even care anymore. You know what I mean? And it really takes a steadfast, a steadfast person and somebody who really, you know, loves themselves to stay true to themselves. And I, I admire you for that. Um, before I was a Muslim, I would have, I would have totally did what, you know, was felt right for my body, not for my spirit, you know? And, and yes, yes. And, and the, you know, some of the problems I have faced as as a revert has been um, trying to figure out, trying to unlearn the the cultures and yes. things that we're told and things that that are quote unquote normal, right? And that don't feel right at all. Yeah, I mean it's you know? because were you were you like were you religious before you came to Islam or were you just like nothing? I was truthfully. Um, I knew there was a God. I personally did not believe that Jesus may peace upon him died for my sins, that that was one of the main things that kept me from completely saying I was a Christian for a very long time was I just, just something about just putting it all on someone else didn't feel right to me. Right. And personally, um, I'm a, I love history and I love learning about the history of Abrahamic faith. Right. I have studied Judaism. I have studied Christianity. Islam was the last thing that was I wanted to study. But like me, just being an American, me just not really understanding Islam. I didn't even know it was the Abrahamic religion until I started learning about it. Yeah. And I think people don't. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that we also um, follow the teachings of Jesus. Make peace. Make peace be upon him. Like. It's, I remember the day I found this out and I felt like, wow, I had the internet this entire time and I never <laughs> thought to look at this. Like, you know, I felt so, I felt so idiotic in a way. Like I felt like that's something I should have already known. 
but see, and but see I think culturally that's just inherited ignorance like I told like I talked to you about I just think that we are you know like like as Americans as a western culture you know it's it's broadcast to us that we have to just you know, and, and a lot of things that we do in the media, in, in like our, in like the Christian and Catholic faith and other faiths, like they don't focus on what Islam actually is, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and one of the, the, one of my favorite stories from, you know, the whole uh, um, Bible, the Quran, the Torah is the story of Musa, may peace be upon him. It was, it was my favorite as a kid. It's still my favorite now, and I, I truly feel like Islam really emphasizes um, Musa's message uh-huh. to, to the people and to, and to the world pretty much um, through the commandments and through just his character and his actions. Uh-huh. And I kind of um, I sometimes throw people through a, a like a, a surprise when I like especially if I talk to like family and I talk about. Moses, Musa, they kind of look at me like I have three heads, and then I say, well, <laughs> "I'll talk about Jesus," and they, it, it's just so funny how like they don't even know what's in my holy book, and I know everything that's pretty much in theirs. Right. And tr- truthfully, um, with Islam, there's no way to sell Islam. You can't sell it. You can't. There's, you can't put a price on it. Nope. You can't force people to convert. Nope. The only thing you can do is educate people and within that education it kind of sparks somewhat of an insecurity sometimes with people it kind of makes them realize how little they know about their own faith they can't sit there and talk proudly about their faith as much as we talk about our faith because they probably don't know much about it and of course I'm very much speaking I don't I'm not trying to categorize anybody at all but this just some some experiences I've had is talking about my faith, it's, it's struck a nerve and kind of made people insecure and kind of, and kind of made people realize like that they don't even know much about their own faith to even right. talk about it. Right. That's and true. it makes people kind of realize like, okay, I need to learn about my own faith. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, and to be honest, that is what makes people come to Islam. They start learning about their own faith and then they start to question. That's they start true. to put their pieces together. Yeah. And truthfully within that is, you know, Allah opens their heart somehow. You know, there are some people out there who will probably never have their heart open to Islam. They may come so close and then have their heart closed because of a negative interaction they have online. And that that is kind of getting into the last question that you have for me mm-hmm. uh, about what, what's what's wrong with the, with the Ummah today. Mm-hmm. I feel like we are so caught up in judging one another for the little things. Right. That when um when somebody who is truly interested in Islam truly comes along, they are shut out from it. And I can give you an example briefly. I have a friend who she is completely atheist. Like I love her so much. She's been my friend for years. And there was an incident that occurred where she kind of questioned the if went with Muslim women had body autonomy in Islam. Mm-hmm. and for me that that shocked me that she asked me that because I'm sitting here thinking yes we have body autonomy <laughs> we, 
we have rights to ourselves and we have rights over our husbands and the husband also has some rights over us too, but that just makes it fair. Right. And she just didn't understand that part of it. And we just had to kind of agree to disagree on our, on our views of feminism because Islam does give women rights, which does make Islam a feminist faith, but not a westernized feminism in any means. It's different. But the form of feminism that I truly believe is you have the right to choose. Mm-hmm. You know, I think being a feminist is having that right to choose what you want to do with yourself. It's not a one size fits all kind of um, thing that you need to, if you say you're a feminist, doesn't mean that you're completely a Western feminist where you, right. you, you know what exactly what I mean. And not, I'm not even trying to talk ill about them at all. Like I respect what message they're trying to convey. Right. You know, but I have the decision, I have the right to, to decide if I want to cover myself and I want to be modest. Yeah. And I think, I think that when people start to realize, you know, we have the right to choose, you know, we shouldn't judge. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're judging one another, it scares people away from Islam because they see how that's what they're trying to get away from within. I know some people who have tried to get away from Christianity. Oh, they're too judgmental. Oh, they're this, oh, they're that. Mm-hmm. They look into Islam. They see how strict we are. Right. <laughs> but they go, oh, heck no, I'm not going to do that because that means I got to wear a burqa. Oh, that means I can't drink. That means I can't do this. That means I can't do that. Yeah. But like, alhamdulillah, we, we don't do, it's not that we can't we don't do these things we don't do them because it's for safety yeah it's for our protection it's not it's not because well if one it's because it's not good for us but like it's not it's not it's not a restrictive kind of lifestyle it's a protective lifestyle absolutely and I think that's something that people need to understand and I don't think that Oma is really conveying that no, that true. very well at all and that's where I find this find this the problem to be honest yeah I agree I have I mean you know um I mean I I really I really like to stay partial on um you know a lot of things I I think probably for me one of the things one of the problems that I see in the Oma is the divide between you know the sex I think that um, with Islam being a, a progressive religion, I think that, that it's that sh- at the end of the day that in any, in any of that shouldn't matter. I think that, you know, we are all Muslims and, um, you know, I just wanted to interject that in there because we were talking yeah. about problems in the Oma and I think those are two very big problems. I think the divide and I think you know, the whole women's rights and people not understanding that we as women have had more rights than women in Western culture for, you know, 1400 years. And they've only had rights for like, what, 60, you know, um, it's just been established here in recent, I think it's 60. I, I could be wrong, but, um, about, about 60 to 80, something yeah. like that. And, you know, like, if 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 people realize how many protections islam afforded for women i think that 
Um, we would have a lot more reverts to it, but we have to break the bias that people see over here about Islam and that, you know, goes along with the inherited ignorance that I talked about. And, you know, we as reverts, I think that we are in a unique position that we can do that um, to Western culture. Um, but, oh, maybe I have this. What I, one, one other thing, like what is one of your favorite, like, um, ayahs from Quran? Well, one of my favorite, um, I don't really know what number it is, but it's in the cow. And it's one of my favorites because I wish I knew the exact number, to be honest, I would have had it written down had I known. <laughs> but it talks about truthfully how it, anytime I'm having a struggle with people not understanding me, not understanding my religion, not understanding my point of view, I just have to remind myself that Allah has put a veil over their heart. Yes. And I have to remind myself that Allah knows, knows best. And, you know, to go through these things and know that so many people will not understand me. Right. But even on the day of judgment, there will be people who will remember me because of what I, tr what like, they'll try to remember me because, oh, I know, I know a Muslim girl who tried to maybe talk to me, but may, I, I just missed her. Where is she now? Like yeah. they may try to come find me and it's kind of like, I just make go off for them because, you know, I don't want to wait till that day. I yeah. want to, I want them to have an open heart in this dunya. Like I want them to have an open heart. So I, it, I have to just make go off for them and just pray as much as possible for them to have an open heart and trust Allah's plan and know that there is a veil over someone's heart, but that doesn't mean it's forever. Right. Absolutely. And I don't remember what what I think it's when that is. I think it's Al Baqarah verse seven. I think it's something like that. It's in the very beginning because yeah. that was one of the verses that really stuck out to me. Once I was reading the Quran, it was one of the very first kind of eye openers in my in my experience in the Quran. And another one that's one of my favorites is um is the um the chapter of of Jesus's mother Miriam one of my favorites is because it really emphasizes the immaculate conception uh -huh. and it really just grounds me into my 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 um previous belief as uh when I was once a Christian I you know always believed in into, into the immaculate conception and I also believed in the miracles that Jesus did I just had a problem with him being God or the son of God has had this problem with believing that for some reason and now I know why uh -huh. because I was I was going to be a Muslim one day right you know and Allah and Allah he opened my heart to have these questions and he answered them for me and so I you know give that that chapter a whole like I give it so much respect because that is proof that I had it within me the entire time I just didn't know where to look for a long time right and now anytime I know like anytime I 
somebody wants to ask me a question about it, I just go to that chapter <laughs> and I tell them, hey, like, if this doesn't answer your question, I don't know what will. Right. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. All right. Well, I don't have any more questions. Is there anything else you want to say or talk about or say well, hi to? I just wanted to, um, again, I just want to thank you so much for reaching out to me and giving me this opportunity to speak about my um, story, my religion, and just my experience with the Ummah. You know, with even with the some of the negative things I have endured through this challenge, I have gained so much. So many blessings have happened in my life since I became Muslim. Mm -hmm. I know Allah has been very merciful towards me and has been guiding me. And I, the only thing I can hope for is someone out there who listens to this podcast. Maybe that they're going through some struggles. Maybe they can like see the silver lining on things and know that Allah has a plan for them and that he will not abandon. And we, we need a law. We need a law. That's really the thing that I have learned the most is if I go a day without, if I go, if I miss a prayer, if I go a day without praying, I know that I'm like painfully needing a law. Like I know he doesn't need me. Like, like I need him, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to talking with you again. Um, Yes, inshallah. (laughs) um, Thank you so much, Kenzie. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And um, thank you, listeners, for listening to another episode of the Muslim Experience Podcast.